This is episode number 14 of the Polyglot Developer Podcast, and I'm your host, Nick Raboy. Hey everyone, welcome back to the show. In this episode, we're going to be focusing on storage, and more specifically, we're going to be focusing on object storage. Amazon's S3 service is a more popular example of object storage, but it's certainly not the only example. With me, I have Krishna Srinivas from Minio, and we're going to be talking about object storage, what it is, what are some examples, what are some various softwares that you can use to make it happen. With that said, enjoy the show. Hey everyone, I'm with Krishna Srinivas, and we're here to talk about object storage today. But before we do that, I want to give Krishna a chance to introduce himself. Hey, Nick. Uh, uh, so my name is Krishna Srinivas. Uh, I have been contributing to open source full time for the last 10 years. Uh, right now, I'm working for a company called Minio. At Minio, we do object storage. Uh, it's a, it's an open source software. Previously to video, I was working on ClusterFS. ClusterFS was a or is a object. It's it's not object storage. It's a, it's a it's a distributed file system that uh, that looks like POSIX, which looks like a POSIX like file system. And uh, my interests, I. I generally like to keep updated myself about uh, latest things that are happening in the tech world. And uh, I like to learn new languages, computer languages, that is. So what uh, what languages are you working on cur- with currently? Currently, we use uh, Go for Minio. For the for developing Minio, we, we use Go. Are you personally so, working with any other languages, though? Yes. Um, JavaScript. And sure. a little bit of Haskell, and uh, majorly that's it for for now. That's it. Majorly, for as part of work, we are, I, I'm dealing with. Uh, I deal with mostly GoLang, Go, and JavaScript. Awesome. Yeah, I actually deal a lot with those as well. Those uh, at the moment, those are my two favorite uh, technologies. Uh, but we'll get we'll get into that soon. Um, are you mentioned to me offline that you are in uh, the Bay Area of California? Uh, where exactly are you at? So the the office is at uh, Palo Alto, Nick. So the but uh, I I traveled from Fremont to Palo Alto, so I live in Fremont. Sure. Yeah, East Bay. Right yeah, on. yeah. But I I came to US recently, like three months back. I was working out of uh, Bangalore, but sure. for the, for Minio, and I came came here like. Three four months back. Fantastic. All right, so let's let's dive right into this. And you mentioned Minio. I know you work for Minio. We're going to get into that soon. But from a very high level, what can you tell me about object storage, which is the topic of today's episode? Yeah, you know, if you try to look up uh, object storage on Google or on Wikipedia, it's, it it get it can get very confusing. Uh, it can mean a lot of things and it's uh, generally a loose term but in today's age in this decade at least if you're talking about object storage you're mostly talking about something that looks like AWS S3 
AWS S3 stands for uh, Amazon Web Services Simple Storage Service. So you're, you're, you would be mostly referring to something, a solution, a storage service that looks like AWS S3. So object storage sol software would be would be designed from the ground up to store lot, tons and tons of files, lots of files from ranging from 1 million to even, even like 50, 100 billion files. And, uh, and it would be designed to store these files for the long term. So if you want to store lots of files and if you want, if you don't want to lose the data, if you don't want to, if you're, if losing the files is not acceptable for you, you use, you go and use an object storage solution. The, the other aspect of object storage is how you access the data that is stored on object storage. Uh, let's say you want to upload a, upload a file to an object storage, you would use HTTP put request. And if you want to download a file, you would use HTTP, HTTP, HTTP get request. So, so in broad sense, this is what an object storage is. So how, how does this differ from, say, uh, just a generic file system storage? So say if I, I was using SSA or SCP or FTP or any of those other uh, type um, protocols to upload to some server, how is this different? It's, it's, it's what you, by, by your question, what I can feel is, it's the differences would be uh, firstly the differences in the protocol, right? Where if here it, you're using for object storage, you are using HTTP, yes. and there you are using SCP SSH protocol. So how you store the files itself on the object on the other side of the protocol would would differ vastly. So uh, if you're S if you're doing an SCP to a, let's say, server that you're running in the cloud, on the other side, you would have something like ext4 or ext3 or XFS. But if you're using uh, something like AWS S3 and you're, you're transferring files over HTTP, the, on the other side, it would, it, it would be stored in a different format that, you know, it, it depends on the object storage implementation itself. Sure. So, so if I were to log into the server where I've uploaded these files uh, via object storage, they may not uh, be retained in the in the format that I upload them. Is that correct? Exactly. That's that, that's exactly correct. So, uh, different object storage solutions uh, store the files in different formats, but ultimately the intention is to store lots of files and and not lose data. So, so. I'm, I'm think you're headed where. Uh, so, so the problem that you're trying to solve here with object storage is data retention. Is that is that accurate? Is that uh, what object storage is is mainly about? Yes. So there are two main um, things that uh, object storage solutions would should try to focus on. One is scalability. You know, storing lots of files, and uh, the other is the other thing is not to lose data, which is retention, as you rightly said. Sure. So, so let me throw another example at you then. Uh, well, first, maybe how how does it keep uh, how do, how does it increase your chances of of data retention? How how does it keep from maybe drive failure or data loss? Let's let's start there. Yeah. So again, it depends on how you how you. So 
the intention is to not lose data so how you do that is up to the implementation of the storage object storage software itself for minio we use something called erasure coding um you can compare uh, you know just to make the analogy easier you can uh, you can think of erasure coding like a, like a raid system so in raid if you configure raid 6 on a 6 disk uh, on 6 disks you would have four data disks and two parity disks so in this system if you lose any two disks you would your data is still accessible it's still available so erasure coding is is very similar to this in many of what we do is we uh, we dedicate half the number of drives to data and half the number of drives to parity so in this scenario you can lose 50% of your disks and your data is still available so it's 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 you know it's again designed from the ground up for long term storage of uh, files so i imagine that um just like with minio uh Amazon's S3 and then whatever uh Microsoft offers as far as Azure probably does yeah. something similar right yeah the, they would i i'm sure they would be doing it's it's the information is not public but i'm sure they would be doing something similar i i the, the azure blob storage they have i have come across a paper a white paper from them where they explain about how they store uh the blobs their azure blobs on uh, using erasure coding so i i guess their azure also does something similar sure so yeah. then let me ask this question so since you have you have two uh, storage drives and two parity drives you said right in in a in a simple example in the simplest example yes you can have two uh, uh, two data drives and two uh, two parity drives so in, yeah yeah so in in this scenario um and i i know that it, it will probably be different between uh providers um but how might it differ from me just saying well i've uploaded my data to one drive and now i want to r sync it to another drive is it is that how object storage works or is it different um at least in minio it's it's transparent to the i mean it's as a as a user you if you want to upload it to the upload it to minio you you should not be concerned about it because minio takes care of uh, the uh, the aspect of you know dividing a file into data and parity and distributing it over the drives so you you it's you don't have to worry about r sync at all so minio software itself will take care of you know sharding and um, and distributing the data and parity over different drives Ah so so it um it shards the data in a more efficient manner then than just doing a complete replication of one drive then right Exactly exactly Sure so so I so data I think is important to everyone regardless on who you talk to whether or not they're developers or maybe they're just people at home wanting to back up their photos Um uh, so is object storage a solution that's best for in every scenario or is there a scenario where you might want to use a different kind of storage yeah so that makes sense is it a one yeah, size fits all solution correct so so the if you're if you're let's say if you're writing an application um, like instagram so you you would have two types of data right so what, on one side you have uh, things like account information like username password the the followers list the comments on photos the likes number of likes and who like which 
which photos which videos and on the other side you have you have photos and video clips the first type you would want to store it in in a database like mysql or mongodb or 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 database or, data, or databases like that so on the other side you have photos and videos you wouldn't want to store that in database but you would rather store these types of large files on on something like an object storage so so you, it it caters so database and object storage cater to different kinds of needs Ob databases would cater to you know as small types of records like user information which you can query and uh, object storage is is designed from the ground up to store lots of files sure but so so where i'm going with this is so say say i'm i'm big on photos i have a lot of family photos um uh, say would it be best to just copy this to an external hard drive or would it be best to to use an object storage in this solution I mean, this is just one of many scenarios of um, where somebody needs to store something, right? Yeah. If if it's like if it's if you mm -hmm. want to store, so it's, you ha you would have to use the right tool for the right job. If you are a individual user and if you want to store lots of photos, I would say go for something like Dropbox or you know Google Photos or even facebook photos you can upload photos on face in your sure. facebook profile yeah that so, was just one one example yeah so but if you're writing an application itself where you would want to store lots of photos then you would use object storage object storage it's it's more designed for uh, to be consumed by application rather than uh, humans sure but uh, you can write application on top of object storage system so that it's more presentable to for for individual users sure yeah does that that does yeah no that that makes sense that okay. Make, okay. uh yeah so it it's more better suitable for uh applications so machines rather than than humans that, yeah that, yeah that makes sense so you've mentioned a lot about menu so far but I think we, what we don't really have yet is an overview of what Menio is. Could you mind starting there? Yes, yes, sure. So um, Menio is AWS S3 uh, protocol compatible. So what that means is AWS S3 has well-defined... Um, so AWS S3 works over HTTP. So you can uh, upload, download, list objects from S3 using nothing but HTTP. So Minio is completely compatible with the with AWS S3 protocol. Um, so what that means is you can use AWS client SDKs with Minio server, and it it works completely transparently. Or even if you have written a software that is that is designed to work with AWS S3, it works seamlessly with Minio as well. And uh, Minio is a completely open source under Apache license, so you can just download the software and start using on your, uh, on you uh, even on your laptop. Or if you want to, if it's a if uh, if it's a heavy duty uh, deployment, you would have to use physical servers. So, yeah. So in uh, in a short answer would be that Minio is an open source object storage solution that is AWS S3 compatible. And just to be clear, so so in in scenarios like AWS and Azure, 
those are services, whereas this is software, correct? You you decide where you want to install it. That is that is correct. So Binio is not a service like storage service like AWS S3 in Azure Blob Storage. It's more like if you want to have a private storage, and you don't want to depend on uh, on on a on cloud services and you would want to have total control of your um, of your infrastructure you would use something like minio so when when organizations are using or deciding on an uh, an object storage solution um, are they are they choosing minio because strictly for the that they own everything uh, or is it more cost effective than say a cloud solution or maybe the cloud solution is more cost effective i, I don't know what what goes through people's minds when you talk to them about this? Yeah, if you're actually, that's a very good question. If uh, if you have till your uh, the the it depends on the number of files and data that you are storing till a certain limit. Cloud storage uh, services like S3 and Azure make sense, but beyond a certain point, uh, the uh, the finance and economy wise. Uh, have owning it on your own physical hardware makes more sense. So that the finances part apart, the other advantages, of course, you can you, you have complete control over your uh, data. Sure. So so just to be clear, so when you're starting out, uh, it's often cheaper to use these services. But as you grow, these services get increasingly more expensive, and then it becomes a better solution to use um, your own software, right? Exactly. So uh, Dropbox initially was um, all their infrastructure was on uh, S3, but they I I heard they moved out of S3 some some time back, you know, a few years back. Yeah, I think I heard something like that with Netflix too but then again don't quote me on that I don't I don't know for sure I think yeah, it's just rumors yeah yeah uh, so you mentioned that Minio earlier was written with go the the programming language go um, yeah. why why was it decided to re- be written in that rather than say straight C or C++ is there any reasonings yeah actually we evaluated a lot of language definitely we wouldn't would have never written it in C or C++ because you know, it's it's uh, it's it, it. Things get really hard to deal with the deal with memory management, and that's that's the biggest thing, right? If you're dealing with C, you have to worry about malloc free and um, uh, th- that kind of low level stuff. But we uh, but we evaluated other languages like Python, Java, Haskell, or even JavaScript, but none of them fit the bill as strongly as go, go did so go is statically typed it, it has memory management it has good concurrency primitives i mean it, it was it was perfect language for uh, to to write a software like uh, to write me, like minio uh, it was a, to to write server uh, server software it's it's golang fits the bill really well yeah, that's what I've heard. That's why I also like Go as well. It, it it's it's very fast and it's really good on concurrency. And I also yeah. had a previous guest uh, by the name of Matt Holt. You might know him. He he wrote that software Caddy, uh, which is a yeah. server. Yeah, exactly. So um, so uh, I I listened to that that podcast as well. So Matt explained uh, 
he explained really well on why how what go uh, what go brings to the table and how he switched from php to go and uh, you know he never looked back yeah yeah that's that's kind of how i feel as well i don't know if you've you had previous background before go um yeah yeah so um so you mentioned that um actually interesting oh, thing is i i came from uh, i come from uh, previously to this i was doing nc and uh, switching to go fields uh, feels like you are you are in a different world altogether you don't have to worry about so many things and the language uh, runtime itself takes care of so many things it it feels it feels it feels so great to uh, write things in go yeah definitely uh, so you mentioned earlier uh, several times actually um, that minio uh, is is a good replacement to s3 because it shares the same um, apis right um, if if I were to switch from Amazon S3, so I'm to to be clear here, I'm actually using both, but I I've not ever made a switch a migration. If I wanted to switch from S3 uh, to Minio, would I have to do anything in particular um, to make this happen? You know that's a good question. So uh, we are we are uh, we are not we 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 have implemented. Uh, almost everything that AWS S3 implements, but except the things that don't make sense outside outside S3. So, uh, if something doesn't make sense, we wouldn't we wouldn't uh, implement and complicate it just just for the sake of being S3 compatible. You know, we we wouldn't we wouldn't implement something. You know, things like uh, object ACL or even like object versioning. So they, they, we we don't we don't we haven't implemented those things just because it it doesn't make sense for for Minio, um, but for, for for customers who are transitioning who's who have made switch from S three to Minio, they haven't really complained about anything much at all. So for example, uh, Cloudberry they. They, they, it was. It's a backup, backup software that backs your desktop to, to S3. They, they switched to. I mean, they had they brought support for Minio as well, and uh, it it works. It works fine, and uh, for for the most part, yes, it's it, it's completely fine to switch from S3 to Minio. So, so say I have say uh, maybe a hundred terabytes in Amazon S3 right now. And it's too expensive. I want to get off of S3. Um, are, is there any tooling available to migrate all of that data into my own Minio uh, cluster? Yes, Nick. Actually, that's a good question. So we have a tool specifically for that. So we call it uh, Minio Client, and uh, it's it's uh, the tool is itself. It's called MC. MC stands for Minio Client. What you can do is you can take this tool and uh, you can use this to migrate data. Off S3 to Minio, or even from you can migrate data from Minio to S3 as well. Uh, this tool is pretty flexible. Um, since it's for migration, uh, you can you can use this tool. Awesome. Now let's let's jump into a different type of uh, scenario here. So um, you mentioned the the Erasure code, um, and I know the the Minio website offers uh, doesn't offer it mentions a lot about BitRot, and you've you've talked briefly about this um so 
in this yeah. scenario, I think you said that we have we have a minimum of two storage uh, nodes and two uh, parity nodes, right? As a minimum. Um, that is right. Yes. What uh, is there a maximum? So there is a um, there is no maximum as such. So in a Minio is designed to uh, scale in lots of small cluster. So, and each each cluster is limited to six, 16 drives. Yes. So in 16 drives, you have eight data and eight parity. And in that Minio instance, you can lose eight parity drives and you can still have your data available. And uh, you can scale the storage itself by adding more Minio instances. And uh, you can, you would typically use use a use uh, external orchestrators like um, Kubernetes or Docker Swarm to to scale your uh, menu menu infrastructure. So, what happens if a node fails? So, say a node fails, am I able to fix it and then re-add it to the cluster, and it will re rebalance itself, or how does that work? So, the way it works is you can configure it. Configured Minio in such a way that you know you can uh, you can configure it over a Minio cluster over sixteen servers such that you can lose not eight disks but actually eight servers and still have your data available. And when you can you can bring back those servers up with new disks maybe if the disk got corrupted, and you can use the MC tool that I talked about, you can use MC tool to rebuild the lost data. Rebuild it and then add it to the cluster again? Oh yeah, you, no, it's more like you add it to the cluster and then rebuild the rebuild the data. Sure, no, that, that makes yeah. sense. Yeah. Um, so when it comes to development with Minio, um, if you wanted to use it as, a, as your object storage solution, um, what kind of developer SDKs are available for us? Yeah, so... Uh, AWS, uh, AWS actually provides uh, SDKs, S3 SDKs for uh, for almost all languages. Uh, you can use that with Minio as well. But we we wrote um, our own SDKs, which are S3 compatible as well. So Minio SDKs are uh, you can use it to talk to AWS S3 as well. So the reason why we wrote our own SDKs was we found the APIs that were uh, written that were that we found in AWS SDK to be too complicated to be used. So we thought we could write do a better job, and uh, lots of users actually uh, use Minio uh, SDKs to talk with AWS S3. So we have uh, SDKs for uh, uh, for well-known languages like Java, .NET, JavaScript, Go. Python and uh, Ruby and uh, Haskell is we have a minimal implementation is in Haskell as well. So Ruby is Ruby and PHP are in the pipeline. Did you say that um, uh, .NET was already there? Yeah, .NET is already there because you know um, .NET is the dominant language yeah. on Windows, and uh, yeah, we have .NET library as well. Yeah, awesome. Yeah, so I, I should have mentioned this earlier. So um, what I'm actually using Minio for, I'm actually yeah. using it on some Raspberry Pis, and I'm using it just for my home backup. So I'm using a software called Arc Backup uh-huh. um, that uh, works with Amazon S3, uh, but it will also connect to Minio because, of course, the same APIs, right? Yeah, um, yeah. 
and it'll allow me to just back up my computer to this this Minio cluster at home, uh, which I actually like. I haven't found a need for it for um, remote because I don't do any any big projects that really need S3. Um, but it, it would be my first go-to solution, definitely. Awesome, awesome. That is that is good to know, Nick. So actually, this um, the Arc developer, he was on. Uh, he had raised a few issues, I think, around eight nine months back to get it to work with um, you know there were a few issues i remember like how uh, that that you know our works fine with minio yeah good yeah, to know it works yeah. great yeah i love it yeah um I definitely i that was me coming from just uh using rsync before so it's i think it's a step up awesome um is there any last minute words of wisdom that you'd like to share to the audience on just object storage in general or Minio, maybe things that you get asked frequently? Um, if, if, you're, uh, if you're writing an application in this age and if you have a lot of files to store, go for object storage solution. Go for, don't go for uh, uh, you know, legacy uh, storage solutions that's what i would say i don't i don't know I, uh, uh, it, it's not wisdom it's just an advice and is this comment uh, for for developers only or for just everyone in general uh, i think it's mostly mostly developers i think if if you're more comfortable using uh if if it's uh if you want I don't know. I think it applies to both developers and generally users who want to. I mean, uh, like how you are using uh, uh, Raspberry Pi for backup, right? So it it applies to everyone. I think, yeah. Yeah, I, I think I agree with that as well. Yeah, I mean, it definitely wasn't it wasn't hard to set up. Um, mm. I I know my data is safe. Yeah. Um, and uh, it, it's actually I feel like it's faster than if I were to just use um, some other some other uh, protocol. So I don't I don't know if that's accurate, but it feels faster. I don't know. Yeah, if if you use a SCP, right? So that would need to. Uh, that's that that I think that was not designed for data transfer. So that's my that's why it might be slow. I don't know. I'm just taking a guess. <laughs> yeah. But but yes, uh, people who have switched from SCP to Minio, they they say that uh, the the speed is like they get much higher speeds. Yeah, definitely. All right, so that's all I have, yeah. Krishna, on uh, today's episode. I, I appreciate you taking the time out of your day to be on the call. And maybe um, as things progress at Minio or in the object storage technology, I'll have you back. Oh, oh it was, uh, it, it's, it's, it, it is, it's been great to be on your podcast, Nick. Uh, thank you so much. I hope Krishna was able to educate everyone on object storage and when it might be useful in your application or day-to-day lives. If you enjoyed this episode, it would mean a lot to me if you went into iTunes or Google Play or wherever you downloaded it from and left it a five-star rating or review and said something nice about the podcast itself so that way future listeners can get an idea of what they're getting themselves into. If you're looking for developer-oriented tutorials and examples, head over to thepolyglotdeveloper.com, which is the blog that is also associated with this podcast. And that concludes episode number 14.